It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. We're going to be talking to someone today who's got a very broad range of marketing and entrepreneur uh, expertise. She has run her own business. Um, she has sold her business. She started another business. Um, she's been down these roads. And so she has a lot of insights to share about getting clients, following your own uh, skills and passions, which is what she's doing now today. She helps you know other agencies scale their income. She helps them do more of the work that they love. Um, she puts aside time to do her own passion projects for the environment and other things. Um, so she's really taken a step in the self-directed economy, if you will, as more and more people are really kind of making their own roles, making their own uh, career paths and designing them custom to themselves. Call that self-directed. Um, so we're going to dive into just how she built her first agency, how she got uh, through the transition to start uh, her next business, which she made up after some, you know, reflection and what she wanted to do and what her skills were and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of valuable insights here. So listen close and you'll see um, there's there's a lot of takeaways for you to, to um, work with. Um, just as a reminder, guys, we do have the Muhammad Yunus edition of the magazine live in the App Store. You could stop by our website to get a subscription. Four weeks are for free. So just read it, check it out. If you love it, which we hope you do, you continue. And if not, you can cancel anytime in those four weeks. Uh, anybody that is already a subscriber, please don't forget to leave us a review on the App Store. This is extremely valuable and we appreciate it. Uh, the next edition of the magazine will be coming in March, but we're going to have some goodies coming out in the app uh, in February. So keep an eye out. It's going to be a really cool um, special edition around uh, events that will help you for 2018. Uh, so that'll be around the middle of February. So keep an eye out for that and we'll keep you posted. All right, guys, we're going to dive into this conversation with Kelly and find out how she built a full service agency, how she sold it, how she started her next company, how she's collaborating with agencies and putting more good back into the world by using her skills, um, something we all want to do. So let's hear what she has to say. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? I am doing so great. Thank you so much for having me on today, Adam. You're welcome. I'm excited to chat. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of agency work and I'm a big fan of agencies that do good things. So we're going to dive into this and see um, what we can learn from you today. Um, okay, so, you know, I always like to get a little background. So you're going to have to dive into some of your background. Um, tell us, you know, what you were doing before your current um, business and how you got there. Sure. So I actually started uh, a digital agency when I was about 23 years old. And the interesting thing was that I was working in corporate America for just uh, just under two years out of school. And I noticed so much inefficiency and, you know, being 23 and kind of like, you know, kind of a little bit of a hot shot. I was like, 
I think I can do this way better than I'm, I see it being done right now. Um, way too many cooks in the kitchen, way too many, you know, trips to the golf club, driving Porsches. <laughs> and, uh, I just wanted to do something different. So I just, um, kind of created my own, my own small agency. It was just me at first with uh, a couple of freelancers. And at the time when I had about 10 or 12 clients on the side, um, I was able to make about the same salary that I was making in my full-time job. And so I left and I never, ever looked back on it because it was such an amazing experience. I had that agency for 14 years. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was great. And I actually just sold it um, about 14 months ago, nice. uh, which was awesome. I mean, really great lessons came out of that. Um, but wow, what what a journey it was. What's seriously. the big lesson? The big lesson for me, uh, I, I mean, there were so many of them. Right, right, um, of the big lesson for me was that in, in 2007, I actually created a separate, um, uh, another organization, another company. And the big lesson there for me after I sold that one was that I really needed to just focus on one thing. Because I feel like when you're when, when your focus is so all over the place, you just don't put, um, you don't have the same intention and the same thought and care that goes into what you need to focus on. So that was a big lesson for me. But, you know, what was also great about that was that I, the contacts that I made in the, um, the second organization that I founded became clients, became a nice pipeline of clients for the agency. Um, so that was like an, a, a, an unintended, um, you know, benefit of, of that whole situation. And I think from the perspective of the acquisition, um, you know, the sale of the digital agency, my lesson, my takeaway was really, um, that when you do find yourself in a place where you want to sell and you want to exit, make sure that there's a really good culture fit, because that was something that, um, you know, I, I wish that I had thought about a little bit more uh, at the time, 14 months ago. Right, right. Um, I'm, quite, I'm curious, you know, a lot of people get into the creative businesses, media landscapes, agencies, and things like that. And wondering um, any insight for people getting started that want to do something like that. How do you start getting clients? I mean, honestly, it, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I mean, 14 years ago, I, there was still a phone book and I literally opened up the phone book and I started at a, <laughs> I just, and my second call was actually to, um, a graphic design firm. And I just called them and said, Hey, I'm going to be graduating and I would love to intern or, or, you know, take on some work or whatever. And that was it. I brought my like, you know, little portfolio in and had my interview with the, the owner of this small agency or this small, uh, graphic design boutique. And they hired me, um, and then after that, it was just like kind of looking at my local area and looking at some of the retail shops and some of the restaurants and some of the places that I thought I could help, um, you know, I guess just sort of as a freelancer. Right. And that's really how I got it started. And once, like I said, once I had enough clients, I was like, man, I can totally do this. I can just, <laughs> I can do it. Like, team. why not? So were you doing it solo for a while? And, and how long until you had like, you know, obviously you need other people if you're doing, you know, multiple accounts, graphic design, content production, stuff like that. Um, curious on how you built your team. 
So when I first did it, it was just me. Um, and then you're right. I noticed really quickly that I was going to run into a capacity issue and I needed some help. So the first, um, I think of the first person that I had on my team was, um, a project manager who is also a bit of a developer and he had a team in China and that presented a whole bunch of problems because <laughs> there was, you know, language barrier, there was timing issues. The work itself wasn't great. Um, I, you know, for whatever reason. And, um, I quickly dissolved that model and then I created a partnership with an organization in Rhode Island okay. and they became our backend development office for a number of years um, before I actually had employed or started employing developers. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So let's move into present day. Um, tell us, you know, what, what do you have going on today? I mean, obviously you have a big business running and how is it different and why did you transition? So the transition for me was um, very similar to you when you were at WebMD and you were like, I did this for 10 years. I can't see myself doing it for 10 more. I that's really how I felt. I was like <laughs> my entire adult life. This is all I've known. And I feel like there's something out there that's that's more suited to what my next uh path is in this life, something that's a little bit more fulfilling, something that doesn't include putting out client fires and, you know, all of the stuff that comes right. with owning, owning a digital agency. Um, so for the last like year plus, um, I took a little bit of time in the beginning after the acquisition to say, sit back and think, if I could create this sort of like unicorn position, <laughs> this thing that doesn't exist yet, um, really pairing what my passions are with my expertise and my skill set, um, what would that look like? Right. And I took a couple of months and I was like, you know what? I think I could help other creative agency owners and leaders to help them scale their businesses, maybe focus on some of the things that are more in my wheelhouse, which is, you know, along the lines of like visibility and search engine optimization. I'm kind of a, a geek in that way. Um, I could also help them with helping it to improve communications on their team. Um, really pulling out what the passion is behind yeah. the scenes um, at that agency, helping them to define their vision, their mission, their values. And then just from a, a pure agency standpoint, helping them to figure out um, how to become a little bit more profitable. So all of those things were all of the pain points that I really felt like um, were pretty deep rooted as an agency owner. And I thought, well, if I could alleviate some of those things for other people and help them grow, that would be a really great thing to do. Um, and then I also wanted to keep a little bit of my time uh, open and available to, to fulfill my own passion, which is helping environmental nonprofits. Yes. And so, you know, Ocean conservation and all of that is something that's really um, near and dear to my heart. And so I work with a lot of environmental nonprofits um, to help them increase their donations and increase their internal efficiencies because they're typically very short staffed, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, let's tap into this a little bit. So now you, you know, you're with your company is Digital Web Consulting. Mm -hmm. And as you're working with these agencies, you help them get clarity on their mission and purpose. And I'd like to hear, I guess, a little bit about, you know, what are some of the bigger challenges or common challenges you see among these groups? And how do you start helping them find that clarity? 
Sure. So most of the agencies that I work with, they're somewhere between two and 20 million in annual revenue. They're pretty well established. They've been around for um, a few years at least. And one of the most common problems that I see is that they're sort of those me too agencies, those generalist type of firms that, you know, yes, we serve some nonprofits and we're also B2B and we also do consumer products. And it's like, okay. So the first thing that we do is we try to figure out well, what's important to you? What's super, um, what is your team super passionate about? And what's at the ethos of your organization? Let's follow that route because that's really authentic. And let's niche things down a little bit because once you can niche down and you can figure out what we're great at in combination with where our passions lie, that's really where the agency needs to be. So that's always where I start. And typically, Um, that will mean literally sitting down for about a half an hour with every single person in the entire agency from the CEO all the way to the summer intern. Wow. And you just kind of get a lot of feedback from people. You see where everybody's mindset is. And I think that's where the magic happens, the, the, where purpose meets, you know, the skill sets and things like that. So you're kind of getting feedback from everyone. So you can have kind of like a, universal agreement on the direction of where things are going or how, what, tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I've come up with a set of, um, you know, eight to 12 questions. It kind of varies based on how many employees there are at an agency, but eight to 12 questions that don't cross an HR line, but also allow people <laughs> to feel comfortable enough to, you know, tell me what, what, things, um, you know, what the agency means to them today, where they think the agency could go, you know, what, what they would love to, what kind of accounts they would love to work on. Um, so there's a, a myriad of different questions that we'll ask. And, um, yeah, I get, you're talking about like where the magic happens. They give me so much information and what I do is I distill it down and then present it to the leadership team. So that's typically how an engagement will start. And then we start really doing, um, the, the foundational work. So that would mean, again, defining mission, vision, values that will probably turn into an agency growth plan that might be a separate business development strategy. I mean, it really depends on the scope, but that's typically how an engagement will work. Okay. And so you believe it's important that they tie in, you know, their mission and their expertise together, because that is going to make them more authentic as a company. If they are not coming from a place of authenticity, um, and if I'm not talking to every single person at the organization, then that's actually, um, those are red flags for me. And I probably would decline on taking the engagement. It's that important. So you actually make that a requirement up front saying, here's yes. how this will work. And if you're, if they're like, eh, I don't think so, you're like, this is not a good fit then. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the agency owners that I talked to initially will say, so do you just want to kind of work with me and my leadership team? Or do you want to talk to other people? And I'm like, no, I, I need like one-on-one time with every single person in your organization. And if any of them have any issue with that, um, that act, that should be a red flag to begin with. You know? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, and have you had people say, no, you can only work with the leadership team? No. Well, that's good. (laughs) No. Yeah. I I tend to attract um, organizations that I think will be a good fit. Um, So I've been pretty lucky that way. 
Okay. And, and how are you finding clients today? So you, today we have a whole, you don't need the phone book anymore. I so don't you, need the phone book. <laughs> you might have people coming to you, um, but maybe at some point, I guess, is it the LinkedIn game? And, and I guess what kind of criteria have you set to say, this is the right fit for me? I think, you know, as one of the biggest things as people start their own businesses, they might start as a freelancer, decide to take on a small team, get more clients. And as those things grow, it's always a race to, well, how do I find a client? And I always ask, ask, well, how do you find the right clients, not just a client? So right. um, I'm curious about your process, because you seem to have a very specific, um, I guess, set of parameters that you look for, not only so you can make sure you can help, um, but if they're the right fit, you can actually exercise the uh, steps that you want to make sure they're a success. Yeah, so I, I definitely develop business from a few different things. Um, definitely because of my expertise in SEO, um, I'm pretty pretty solid from that perspective. So I do get some clients just yep. from organic search that are looking for SEO consultant, agency scaling consultant, nonprofit consultant, <laughs> you know, all that all that stuff. Um, but then from LinkedIn, um, it's a really easy conversation to have to say, um, you know, I'll, I'll look up a couple of different uh, organizations using some growth hacking tools. I like um, Lead Feeder on my website, and I really love Lead IQ. Um, that's one of my favorite tools. Um, and I will kind of cherry pick the ones that I think would be a good fit uh, from that perspective of number of employees, um, uh, n- annual revenue, where they're located. Obviously, they've got to right. be in in the U.S. And I just have a conversation with them on on LinkedIn. And f- I would say for every ten messages that I send on LinkedIn, um, I'll probably get about eight responses. Um, now that doesn't mean that everyone is an ideal fit or that they're ready, but just the response itself to be like, you know what, this is really interesting. It might not be the right time now, but I'd love to talk, you know, in the future. Um, that's predominantly how I've gotten some of the, the business. And then other, other ways is really just speaking engagements. Um, and I did go through the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program. So I've gotten some leads that way as well. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, and I guess I'm curious now you've worked with, I don't know how many people so far. Um, have you, what's your, your favorite success story? So, um, I don't know if it would be considered, um, a typical success story, but one of my favorite engagements was actually, um, one of the instructors from the Goldman Sachs program. Um, after I sold the agency, he and I started talking together and, um, started doing a little bit of SEO work. I started to get to know his team. I did some interviews with them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what ended up coming out of that was new vision, new mission, new, uh, you know, value statement and everything. But then we decided that we actually needed to change the name of his company. So it was a whole renaming, a whole rebranding, and a whole new website. Um, So it was just such a huge change and such such a significant change. I felt really humbled that he trusted me with that process. Why did you have Um, to change those things? What, What was the setback? Well, the name uh, was uh, basically an acronym that nobody knew what it meant. Even the people at the organization didn't know what it meant, um, which is a problem. (laughs) And it also, the the, um, definition of that acronym was based on the original 
function of the business, which 20 plus years ago was actually in print. And this is a digital agency. Mm. So it, it was very disjointed for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, we just spent a lot of time talking about it and it, it made sense. It just took a little bit of time for him to get there. But I think he's really, really, um, looking forward to repositioning the entire agency. And like I said, to me, um, from a success standpoint, he's about to, you know, relaunch that entire thing, um, probably in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. But so we'll see from a success standpoint, I think it's going to do wonders for the business. It was already a successful business. I think it's going to, he's going to knock it out of the park now, um, because he's niching down into the industrial sector, which is where their, their team passion is, where their expertise is. Um, but again, just really from my own personal success standpoint, I was really, um, humbled by the fact that he put that much trust in me and I was really happy with the end result. Okay. Very cool. Now I I will say, you know, Goldman Sachs does not necessarily align with most people's perspective of a good mission focused business. They got a little bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for a taboo behind them. So what's up with Goldman Sachs? So do they have some kind of mission behind what they're doing there? Yeah. So, so this program, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program is, um, really sort of Goldman Sachs's give back. They took a step back and said, how could we make the most impact? And their idea was basically to, um, put, uh, business owners specific who met specific criteria, put them through, um, almost like an, an equivalent of an MBA, uh, completely at no cost. They paid for transportation, they paid for the tuition, they paid for meals, everything. Wow. And um, the relationships that that came out of that experience for me are invaluable. I mean, I still have a weekly call with my cohort from from the growth group from the that program. Um, every single week, every single thir- uh, Wednesday at nine o'clock, we talk. And <laughs> it's cool. just really supportive. The whole cohort meets once a month. Um, I think we're a little bit in uh, not so much the norm for some of the cohorts that have gone through it, but it's like anything else. I mean, you get out of it what you put into it and we all put a ton into it. And that was really one of the reasons why I ended up selling my business. Really? Yep. Very cool. Very cool. That's an interesting experience. It sounds like, and I think it's, it sounds like it's been very valuable just to have yourself like surrounded with these types of people. And you always hear that, right? You know, you want to surround yourself with people that can help lift you up. So it sounds like that it does a lot of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, without that support, these were some of the people who were saying, joking around with me saying, you know, a lot of stuff. (laughs) You, you have a ton of resources. Like every time there's a question in the group or in the class, like you have the answer, why don't you just become a consultant? I was like, you guys are crazy. I own an agency. And then, yeah, one day it just hit me. I was like, maybe there's something to this. And if <laughs> other people are seeing it, why am I not seeing it? So yeah. I, I definitely credit them with that. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And I guess I'm curious, you know, now you're consulting and you have worked with a number of these agencies. Does anybody try, do you ever get a sense, and maybe you vet this somehow beforehand, but have you heard of greenwashing? Uh, from what perspective? From the perspective from of companies that like the idea of doing good. So they'll use this kind of marketing 
but they don't really execute on these types of things. So it's called greenwashing when they use this oh, right, right, sustainable right. marketing to get more money in the door. But behind yep. the door, behind the door, they're not actually doing these things. <laughs> they just yeah. want the, the image. Yeah. I, so I personally, um, I, like I said, I, I cherry pick the agencies right. that I want to work with. Um, I will tell you that in the past when I owned my agency, uh, we definitely had some clients that were kind of picking our brains to say, how can we make it look like we actually, you know, <laughs> we actually can't. care, right? <laughs> um, and those were big red flags and we actually would not take those accounts. Go. Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly, Johnson and Johnson was one of them. Oh, but. I'm not surprised. These guys, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people in those companies that do have good mindsets and want to do, but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in general and not all of them are, are on the same page, you know? Uh, you know, it's interesting to hear that. And I hear a lot of those stories and that was kind of big, like last year, not 2017, but 2016. And I'm always curious, especially with people like yourself who are working with these guys, if they hear a lot of that stuff and not from the agency perspective, I think that's more from a client and end client yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, you know, agencies, we, we tend to be, you know, especially creatives. Um, I think that our hearts are in the right place. We right. care about the work. We take pride in our work and, um, you know, I think when you are creative in in general, I think you operate on a different frequency or a different vibration than than other people. I don't know if that's a, a little too ethereal, but no, I feel I like I got you and I, agree. you know, but I think it goes back to your authenticity discussion, right? You know, you don't want to do something to create a perception just because it's good business. You're doing it because it matters to you. So if they're doing it for the wrong reason, it's not going to come off as authentic. Um, if you're doing it for the right reason, it should. Right. So uh, the best example that I can give you is from my own experience, which is, which was with my agency. Yeah. So I wanted to really, um, you know, social good and social entrepreneurship was so much a part of my DNA, even from when I was really young. I just, it felt good to, to help people. Um, that's the, the easiest way to say it. And so I was always looking for, as an agency owner, I was always looking for how do I take this business model and make it more impactful? Um, I had read a book by Simon Mainwaring, um, called we first, and it was all about social media and how to, you know, sort of take, uh, transactions that happen on a daily basis or a uh, minute by minute by basis. And how do we transform those into, you know, right. impact? So what, after reading that book, I actually changed my title at my organization. Instead of CEO, I became CRO, which was a uh, chief responsibility officer. Mm -hmm. And I implemented this thing, which was our 2% give back program. So while 2% doesn't sound like a lot, when you look at a project that's $25,000, $200,000, right. and you take 2% of that, and you say to the client, we're going to take 2% off of our fee, not off of our fee, but take 2% of our fee, and allow you to donate that to the charity of your choice. Right. That's huge. And yeah. that that was very authentic to who we were. And then in addition to that, we had, you know, I did exactly what we were talking about earlier, which is asking the employees, you know, what's most important to them from, um, from a standpoint of causes that they believe in or things that they're passionate about. And we identified a couple of things like a soup kitchen that was local to our agency, um, a couple of other things, an animal shelter, and we raised money for them. So we created like our own little pro bono uh, fundraiser 
um, created a separate foundation for that and then ended up, you know, helping those organizations on a volunteer basis. So, you know, in addition to the fact that our agency, you know, really worked with uh, like 60% of our clients were nonprofits and foundations. So we were very, very much entrenched in social good and social entrepreneurship. Um, but to your point, it's got to be authentic. If that's not who you are, you can't fake it. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I agree with you. That makes sense. And I love the chief responsibility officer. I might have to do something like that. <laughs> it's funny because it's funny because I had a, a couple of people who would email me and be like, you know, um, you have a typo in your email signature. I think it's supposed to be CEO. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've seen it more and more of that now. I've seen chief responsibility officer and I've seen a couple other plays on the CEO title to something else more relevant yeah. for sustainability. Chief Chief sustainability officer, stuff like yeah. that. Um, I think that's cool. I love that evolution of you know stepping away from what is conventional. For sure. Um, okay, so listen, I want to be respectful of your time, and let's give a shout out to your uh, company. If people want to just learn more about what you're doing and how you're doing it, and of course, you have an awesome podcast that has lots of helpful information for people. Um, where do they go? How do they find you? And what if someone has questions for Kelly? Sure. So um, you can always visit the website, which is klcampbell.com. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're interested in just checking out the podcast, that's super easy. Uh, it's at agencyscaler.com. It's also available on YouTube and Google Play and um, a couple of other places. But the best place to go is obviously the website because everything's right there and you get all the show notes and, and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you can always send me an email. My phone number and my email are right at the top of my website. So I'm very open to, you know, if people have questions, um, they want to suggest show topics or uh, even be interviewed on the podcast, uh, have questions about scaling their agency, whatever the questions are, sure. super happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and I love your journey. So congratulations on all your success and keep pushing. Thank you, Adam. I love what you're doing as well. And we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.